Hello, I'm Derek Wayroche, President and CEO of Palladium One Mining. Palladium One is an exploration stage company focused on nickel, copper, and platinum group elements in both uh, Finland and in Canada. Derek, good to see you. Uh, I'm sorry, thanks for making time for us. Um, look, two bits of big news, okay? One, Glencore has just invested in you, which is obviously a, a, a big deal, but they've done that in the backdrop of the second bit of big news, to, um, which we see coming out of out of the US, which was um, around the US government basically, I guess, targeting, mandating, I'm not quite sure, two-thirds of electric vehicles um, by 2032. Two-thirds of vehicles should be electric by 2032. That's a big deal. So what do we want to kind of kick off with that? Well, Glencore, I guess. How'd you get them on? What are they looking for? What do they want? I think, I think both of these bits of news are really fantastic and, and speak to the macro environment that, that we're in. You know, the governments on the one hand are giving mandates and targets with regards to uh, tailpipe uh, emission standards, basically forcing industry and investment into the EV space. And the likes of majors like Glencore coming and looking at an exploration stage company with nickel copper assets and doing an equity investment is a testament, I think, to what's happening in the space and the need for metal to supply the uh, the entire value chain going forward for uh, the ability to deliver into these uh, requirements. I mean, we, we're starting to see a lot, a lot of, um, we're certainly in the battery th thematic, right? We, we, we've been going to conferences, you know, the precious metal stuff is, you know, I think it's oh, starting, starting, green shit, should we say. But in terms of investors rocking up for that. There is no doubt, however, at any of the battery metal focus conferences that we've been to that the interest is not there. It is rampant full of investors and companies, obviously. So that that kind of the mood of the nation should, should tell us something, uh, and that's fairly fairly anecdotal. But what does it mean when you start seeing people like Glencore, like car manufacturers, like battery manufacturers, moving upstream? I mean, that's that's a space they've typically avoided before. Oh, absolutely. And I, I just think it speaks to the fundamental demand that's coming down the pipe here. And there obviously is, if you look at any of the research, a lack of metal and uh, progress with regards to permitting projects. So the major companies, whether it be an OEM or um, you know, trading has such as uh, Glencore are looking for sources of supply to meet the demand expectations on the full battery suite of of metals. And you know, you, you touch on precious metals there a little bit. You know, copper goes into everything, right? You you just basically need it for civilization. So I would think there's going to be more action uh, in terms of major companies looking for large copper gold porphyries. So with a focus on the the copper side of things, and they'll have their precious metal byproduct being the uh, the gold. But again, that's still very much thematically down the uh, the base metal, battery metal uh, theme that just happens to have a sweetener attached to it. So I think that's why part of the reason some of the interest is changing because there will be ample supply of the uh, the precious metals. Okay, and, and, and talk to me about this because you know if it's a group like that to come on board, they'll have done some diligence uh, clearly. Uh, it's not just a case of, you know, um, you've got nickel, um, you know, gives, gives a shout when you're ready because we'll, 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 we'll um, do an offtake or we'll pick it up off of you. Because, and Glencore are quite busy, obviously, the, 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 the tech deal as well. So you're, you know, he, you know, out there in terms of headlines at the moment, and they are very, very keen to kind of move, move upstream in, in, in a big and meaningful way. But jurisdictional risk to them 
they're more than aware of. They've been caught out a, a, a few times. How big a part did that have to play in terms of them coming on board with your project? I think their exposure globally is in all sorts of different uh, jurisdictions and risk profiles. So I think they're quite comfortable dealing with uh, jurisdictional risk. Obviously, a preference to North America is always there because it just ticks one of the uh, de-risking boxes. So that is uh, definitely important. But I think you know the driver for them uh, was twofold. One, you know, we have assembled a portfolio of large-scale projects, and we've been talking about it for quite some time that we think are going to attract the attention of a, a major uh, player or participant uh, into our story, and that's now taken place. But you know, Tyco in particular, you know, we've got a thirty-thousand-hectare property package there. It's completely greenfield. There's really no historic work on it, not even by the Ontario Geological Society or Survey. And as a result of that, you know, the discovery success we've had, and you know, I'll point out we've had our third uh, discovery announced recently on that project. They're basically twenty kilometers apart. Uh, it's a huge opportunity for um, something brand new, and I think that is very intriguing. It's not a rehash of a historical project that's been overly worked. It's it's really a new camp in an area where there is a history of uh, of mining. Okay, tell us about the deal, and, and and more importantly, where that leads me is to what's their expectation of you. What's their involvement with you in terms of contributing more than just capital? Because this needs to go somewhere for them. Oh, absolutely. So uh, we are uh, formalizing a technical committee uh, just of management. Um, it's going to have a minimum of three people on it, and one of which will be a representative from uh, Glencore. And uh, the people still need to get appointed to it. But uh, most likely it'll be Peter Lightfoot, who's on our board. You know, Neil Pettigrew and, and a Glencore rep, and possibly we'll uh, we'll add another individual as well. And really, it, it's us having the ability to tap into their infrastructure and their 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 teams. Whether or not uh, you know we need a geophysicist, there's something we want to look at. Um, we need some additional assistance. They're going to provide that service to us, and uh, that's going to be very helpful. And we'll have a collective think about how best to approach the uh, the projects but you know the investment they did is is quite straightforward it was a 15 cent uh, financing giving them about nine 9.99 percent equity interest in the company so we raised about 4.2 million dollars you know the, the transaction has conven uh, very conventional uh, terms with regards to anti-dilution you know they don't want us to go out and raise money without giving them the opportunity to uh, maintain their ownership interest so that is sitting there and as i said the technical committee that's been formed and that's about that's about it and provided they maintain a seven percent interest in the company they will maintain their two rights. I get, I, look, I, the, the technical committee, committee is the bit that interests me most because if you're talking about how to move things forward, junior companies need to put out some nice headlines to kind of get people excited about what's going on. Hopefully, you know, as we've described at the, at the beginning of this conversation, there's a kind of very positive trend, a very positive narrative and uh, backdrop with with government involvement, government incentives, and you know tax credits, and, uh, and 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 so forth. You know, Canadian government playing their part. Uh, they, Glencore, big company, need bigger bigger signals. So th there's going to be surely there's going to be some you know quite interesting conversations we've had about how you spend that you know four and a quarter million bucks um, in in the ground and what it is that you need to see 
uh, from that spend. Well, I think that's right. And this is where we're going to have to focus on how we best thread the needle. Because as a junior explorer to uh, uh, drive your equity price, you know, the market likes to see uh, drilling. That's that's basically it, right? But there's a bunch of work you have to do before that uh, drilling with regards to uh, de-risking, especially if you're getting a little bit deeper because it just costs so much money for each hole. And if if you have misses, that's not necessarily a good thing. So the, the plan initially is to continue on the um, geophysics area uh, and focus that we have. We're we've very much uh, believers in geophysics. It's proven extremely effective for each of the discoveries we've had over the, uh, the last three years. And we will be starting up a, a small program using a couple different uh, techniques uh, in the, uh, well, as soon as the snow permits, really. So hopefully it's in, uh, in May uh, timeframe. Uh, to de-risk, and then we'll follow that up with um, a ground-based uh, work with regards to soil sampling and whatnot in advance of uh, of drilling. But it's going to be a mix, mixed bag in terms of what we're doing. We also have a number of different targets on the property. So first and foremost, what we need to do is really try and refine where we're going to be looking on the property. And that means boots on the ground, lots of soil sampling, and, you know, we're buying, in, for example, an XRF uh, machine to be able to very quickly in the field um, identify and understand what those uh, soil samples are representing. And uh, we have tens and tens of kilometers worth of these interpreted conolus that we've been speaking about over the last few months. And, uh, you know, it's going to take some time to get through that and uh, figure out exactly where it is we're going to drill. So first and foremost, I think we got to focus on uh, zeroing into areas where we want to continue to spend money in advance and balance that out with uh, with some drilling to expand the existing areas that uh, we have the discoveries in. Right, okay. And so we, you're talking, I think you were talking about Tyco specifically, the yes. Canal Ask as well, obviously, you know, Copper Nickel Project too. Is any of this new capital being allocated there? Oh, yeah, the, the new capital can be allocated anywhere where we have nickel. So in Finland as well. Um, there, we don't really have a constraint with regards to that. It's for nickel exploration. But with nickel, as you know, you get copper. You know, you quite often get the PGs. So we're hitting the full suite, and that's one of the reasons we have a little bit less constraint on us than others might have. Uh, where you've got uh, transactions at a project level uh, only. No, I was, about, I was about to say. So, 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 okay, getting this money in, uh, especially in this market, which is, which has been tight. You know, like say, you know, pe- people are still a bit, still a bit nervous um, broadly in the in, in the investor market. Obviously, I, I, I've indicated certainly what we are hearing and, and seeing is that you know um, EV type commodities, you know, the, 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 the nickels, the coppers, the, the lithiums, graphite, cobalt, stuff, this, you know, are getting a little bit more at- attention um, than than others. But where does this money take you through to? It buys you a bit of time. So one great that you've got it in and certainly who you've got it in from, that's pretty pretty interesting. But how much time does this buy you? Because you've also got to do, think about, well, what is the market doing at the moment? You know, when when will the positive sentiment really start motoring? You know, I've seen green shoots, but you've you've got to time this as well, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. And so let me just put it in a little bit of context as well. Uh, we we raised uh, five million dollars in December for exploration in Ontario, uh, largely. But four point two is dedicated for Ontario or Tyco, and about seven fifty we can push up to uh, to Canlas. And, you know, that gave us a $11.4 million cash balance at the beginning of the year. 
So with this uh, Glencore investment, it's going to add about 4.2 on a pro forma basis. But not only that, we several weeks ago also announced the acquisition of a company called Metalcore, which is going to provide us with a couple more uh, critical mineral uh, projects uh, in proximity to, uh, to Tyco. Well, that transaction, it's only $3.3 million acquisition, but $1.8 million of that is additional cash coming to us. So on a pro forma basis, had all of this been done on January 1, we'd have about $17.5 million of cash. So very well positioned. It's going to give us a long runway. You know, we're not uh, of the type to just spend for the sake of spending. So we like de-risking things first. First and foremost, we're going to invest the uh, the flow through money, that $5 million, and before we uh, start tapping into the uh, the money we received from uh, from Glencore. So results will define the the pace at which we can advance the projects. And ideally, you know, we'd like to get uh, some sort of hit on something and say, hey, let's go add two or three drill rigs to it and uh, and have the problem of finding more cash. But uh, mm-hmm. the progress is going to define exactly the rate of spending. Okay. Um, I guess you partially answered the next question. The final question really was, obviously, with that amount of cash on the, on the balance sheet, um, well, in the bank, um, you, you you've got optionality about you know the speed and the and the direction of that capital allocation. Um, do you what else do you have in the bank in terms of future maybe non dilutionary cash raising? Because obviously with um, Metalcore came you know some uh, like a royalty portfolio. Obviously you've kind of got the Finland asset, and you know obviously depending on what you're starting to see with Can Alaska etc. You may be able to do things with those. And I just wondered, maybe with cash in the bank, it's a less pressured decision-making environment than, say, if you were down to, you know, your last million bucks. But are those options that you're talking about now, or will you leave those for another day? Yeah, those are, those are definitely options we're thinking about, but we're not actively working on. We first have to close the, uh, the Metal Corp transaction. One of the beauties of that particular transaction is we don't need to spend any money on those projects for at least 10 years. There's enough banked up assessment credit, so we're in uh, in good shape and have the option to uh, to vend those projects or otherwise to monetize uh, when appropriate. But uh, we have not f- focused on that. First part is uh, let's get the transaction closed. Let's continue to focus in on uh, on Tyco and uh, and Kanalotsk. I mean, okay, and this, I, I said it would be the last question, but uh, one more. Okay, we we talked about the macro, and we talked about you know governments and battery manufacturers and car manufacturers, um, and yet, yet coming coming upstream to trying to you know get a hold of these metals to secure supply chains for the future, to incentivize um, companies. But and and you've just explained you've got a, you've you've got the money to kind of navigate your way through through that market. But how are you viewing the market at the moment? And because if I look at the equities, the equities just aren't there yet. I mean, are you surprised by that? Well, I think there's a lot of uncertainty in the mar- market. You know, globally, the the macro environment is is quite concerning. So yeah, the the equity um, capital perhaps is sitting a little bit on the sidelines, but. Quite frankly, I'm a bit of a contrarian investor. I think this is the time of the cycle where one actually makes money by getting in at these types of valuations. We can see all the signals with regards to the government mandates. You know, you look at or again, I refer back to the investment that Glancore did with us. We're exploration stage nickel copper. They're coming in and taking a look at us. Now is the time, I believe, to get positioned. 
because the demand is going to be there when that turn happens and the the equities start re-rating along the price of the metal. I think the metal prices are going to go quite dramatically as well. It's it's going to you know rip your arm off in in terms of what's going to happen with the dynamics here. But exactly when that happens, I don't know. Is that six months from now? Is that 18, 24 months? I don't know. But positioning yourself now is what I think is important, and that's part and parcel of why we did the Metal Corp transaction. We're picking up a couple critical mineral projects and very interesting little copper project in in Ontario as well. And now I think is the time to uh, to be a buyer and investor. And, you know, from, um, from an investor perspective, I think you want to look at teams that can advance projects and have a proven ability to advance projects, because I think those are the ones that are going to stand out in the, uh, in the long term. Thank you for making time for us today. It was, I know it was, a, it was a kind of quickie, um, and thanks for fitting us in from a sunny day here in, in England on a sunny battery metals market. Uh, we, we'll see you soon. See you soon. Thank you very much once again.